Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. All right, here we go, everybody. Go, Jeff. Go, Mark. Go, Wally. Go, Oliver. You are going to space. One five shot fired, suspect down. There's a lot more virus out there coming at people who are vaccinated. And even more kids are at risk. And the vaccine durability may be going down. Facebook isn't killing people. These 12 people are out there giving misinformation. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Tuesday. And yeah, Jeff Bezos. Went up into space and uh, made it back. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, the former presidential candidate, Democrat. Yeah, I, she's in the wrong party. I, I don't know how conservative she would be. I don't. I don't think you could label her as a conservative. But uh, <laughs> I, I have to admire her. Uh, anyway, to make a long story short, she came out and tweeted, uh, okay, that's nice. Jeff, have a nice flight. Could you stay up there? Don't come back. The only problem she had in her tweet, the only problem I have with Bezos' Blue Origin space rocket ship into outer space is that it is going to come back. Bezos, please do us a favor. Stay up there. Do the world a favor. Um, Bezos got a lot of, uh, it's really interesting, go to some of these stories and read the comments. Jeff Bezos, I, there are a lot of people out there that uh, aren't real impressed. A number of people said, you know, this is a glorified space mountain ride. I mean, something to think about. I mean, none of these guys were really trained in any special way. It was every computer, everything. It was basically a space mountain ride for millionaires. <laughs> and there were some other unkind remarks concerning the shape of the rocket. And uh, have you ever seen an Austin Powers movie? You'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, I just I'm just saying, go look at the rocket and you'll be able to fill in the blanks. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I, no, you don't need to pay, put a picture up on the screen, Clark. No. And we don't need any FCC problems. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, rather interesting-looking animal. Um, the spokesperson for Nancy Pelosi, as well as several folks in the White House that met with members of the Texas legislature, have come down with COVID. And by the way, all these people have been vaccinated. So all the rhetoric about how well vaccinations work, maybe not so much. And another Texas legislator has come down. So now it's a total of six from the Texas legislator who have come down with COVID. And now Nancy Pelosi's uh, aide, top aide, as well as... um, Several White House folks. I, I, you know, somehow, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't want to dance on anybody's grave, but God's got a sense of humor. I mean, he, he does. <laughs> These people all get together to congratulate and pat on the back these Texas legislators because they have prevented democracy from going forward. They have 
And they're looking at themselves as these great patriots. I mean, they're interfering with the, the function of the Texas state government. They are not doing their duty. And again, the governor of Texas, Abbott, has said, hey, when you get here, uh, a Texas Ranger will be waiting for you at the airport to put you under arrest for failure to do your job. But, um, yeah, so they all get together to congratulate one another and tell them how wonderful they all are. And uh, they basically are giving COVID out. And did, did we ever hear word on Kamala Harris, if she tested positive or not? This routine checkup that she went to uh, over the weekend at Walter Reed Hospital. Uh, I don't. I don't think they ever actually. I don't think they actually said whether or not she tested positive or not. Just it was just routine. You know, it's interesting. Anthony Fauci was up on uh, Capitol Hill today. I want to play you this clip. Now, this is a fairly long clip. I mean, we usually our clips are about thirty seconds or so. Um, I want to play this for you in its entirety because Rand Paul, Rand Paul and Anthony Fauci are not best buds. They're not BFFs. I doubt if they'll exchange Christmas cards this year. Rand Paul basically came out and all but accused Anthony Fauci of lying to Congress and Fauci basically came back and said, Senator Paul, you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it makes for uh, some interesting give and take. I will say this, too, though. If you get a chance and you can go Google, just Google Anthony Fauci, Rand Paul. And you can watch the video. Now, I'm not one of these people that. Pretend I know a lot about nonverbal communication. The only thing I will say is Rand Paul looked like he was very comfortable with himself. Anthony Fauci, he looked like he was shaken. You know, his, his, his hands were sort of nervously shaking, and uh, he just didn't look real comfortable with what was going on. This is from earlier today up on Capitol Hill. Dr. Fauci, as you are aware, it is a crime to lie to Congress. Section 1001 of the U.S. Criminal Code creates a felony and a five-year penalty for lying to Congress. On your last trip to our committee on May 11th, you stated that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And yet, gain-of-function research was done entirely in the Wuhan Institute by Dr. Xi, and was funded by the NIH. I'd like to ask unanimous consent to insert into the record the Wuhan virology paper entitled Discovery of a Rich Gene Pool of Bat SARS-Related Coronaviruses. Please deliver a copy of the journal article to Dr. Fauci. In this paper, Dr. Xi credits the NIH and lists the actual number of the grant that she was given by the NIH. In this paper, she took two bat coronavirus genes, spike genes, and combined them with a SARS-related backbone to create new viruses that are not found in nature. These lab-created viruses were then to shown to replicate in humans. These experiments combine genetic information from different coronaviruses that infect animals but not humans to create novel artificial viruses able to infect human cells. 
Viruses that in nature only infect animals were manipulated in the Wuhan lab to gain the function of infecting humans. This research fits the definition of the research that the NIH said was subject to the pause in 2014 to 2017, a pause in funding on gain of function. But the NIH failed to recognize this, defines it away, and it never came under any scrutiny. Dr. Richard E. Bright, a molecular biologist from Rutgers, described this research in Wuhan as, the Wuhan lab used NIH funding to construct novel chimeric SARS-related coronaviruses able to infect human cells and laboratory animals. This is high-risk research that creates new potential pandemic pathogens, potential pandemic pathogens that exist only in the lab, not in nature. This research matches, these are Dr. Ebright's words, this research matches, indeed epitomizes, the definition of gain-of-function research done entirely in Wuhan, for which there was supposed to be a federal pause. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain of function. So what was, let me take, finish. You take an animal virus and you increase its transmissibility to humans. Right. You're saying that's not gain of function? Yeah, that is correct. And, and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. Let's okay, you get NIH. one person. Let's read from the NIH definition of gain of function. This is your definition that you guys wrote. It says that scientific research that increases the transmissibility among mammals is gain of function. They took animal viruses that only occur in animals and they increased their transmissibility to humans. How you can say that is not gain of function. It is not. It's a dance and you're dancing around this because you're trying to obscure responsibility for four million people dying around the world okay. from a pandemic. And let's let Dr. Fauci. I have to, well, now you're getting into something. If the point that you are making is that the, the, the grant that was funded as a sub-award from Ecoton created SARS-CoV-2. That's where you are getting. Let me finish. We don't know. Well, we don't wait know a minute. It did I come from the lab, but all you. the evidence is pointing that it came from the lab, you, and there will be responsibility for those yeah. who, including yourself. I totally This committee resent, will allow the witness to respond. I totally resent the lie that you are now propagating, Senator, because if you look at the viruses that were used in the experiments that were given in the annual reports that were published in the literature, it is molecularly impossible. No one's saying those it, viruses it is, caused it. It no is molecularly. Those viruses caused the pandemic. What we're alleging is that gain of function research was going on in that lab and NIH funded it. That you is can't not. Get away from it. It meets your definition and you are obfuscating the truth. I'm not obfuscating the truth. Senator you Paul's are the one. Time is expired, but I will allow the witness to. Let me just finish. I want everyone to understand that if you look at those viruses, and that's judged by qualified virologists and evolutionary biologists. 
those viruses are molecularly impossible no one's to result they are. No in SARS-CoV-2. Cause the pandemic. We're saying they are gain-of-function viruses because they were They're animal not. viruses that became more transmissible in human, and you funded it. And you, you admit the truth. And you implying, Senator Paul, your time has expired, and I will allow witnesses right. who come before this committee to respond. And, and you are implying that what we did was responsible for the deaths of individual. I totally resent that. And if anybody is lying here, Senator, it is you. Hmm. Isn't it interesting that Fauci was setting up a straw man argument? Rand Paul never, I mean, at one point he said this could have caused millions of people to die. But his argument was, in terms of lying to Congress, that he was lying about the funding. And Fauci never really came out and said, no, I never funded that. He kept wanting to argue that, and and basically he said, Rand Paul said to Fauci, you lied to Congress about funding a gain of function uh, to the Wuhan labs you know, investigating and, and um, uh, research of gain of function. Fauci comes back and says, well, well, no, that didn't create the COVID. And Rand Paul said, well, I didn't say it did. I'm saying that the problem is you financed the gain of function and you lied to Congress. It was really interesting how, and again, it's, it, it, this is so consistent with liberals. They figure out exactly what the argument is, and if, if, you know, if they're going to perjure themselves, they will not turn around and directly re-perjure themselves. They will try to change the narrative. That is the big red flag. Yeah, you're the big red flag, apparently. You know I... exactly what the source is. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really interesting, though. You know, he's, he's saying, well, it's, you know, it's impossible to change the gain of function. Well— he also came out earlier and said that, you know, this came from bats and we've had a number of scientists that said, well, it'd be impossible to, for it to in, in, in nature jump from bats to humans. That's the whole reason why they're doing gain of function. So it's even more impossible to jump from bats to humans. So you'd have to come in with gain of function, but he's saying it's impossible to change the gain of function to cause COVID to come into humans. So now they're saying neither way. It's it, it wasn't from the wet markets, nor is it from the Wuhan lab. Hmm. I I just don't think this is going to end well for Fauci. Just don't think it's going to end well for Fauci. Uh, we've got to take a time out. Stay with us. Much more to call and to talk about. Love to hear from you. If you want to give us a call, five six one eight two five five. We'll be right back. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. 28 years ago in 1993, Vince Foster, Deputy White House Counsel, put a uh, gun to his head and took his life in a uh, park near Washington, D.C. 28 years ago today. Take a look at your weather forecast. Uh, Tonight, a slight chance of showers, mostly cloudy, low around 72. Wednesday, Starts out cloudy, then becomes sunny, high near 88. Actually, the next four or five days looks really nice. Lots of sunshine, high in the mid-80s. Lows at night uh, in the mid 
to low 70s. So pretty good-looking weather. Good weather to get out and play golf. Weather brought to you by Ironwood Golf and Country Club, voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining and outdoor pool, tennis, and more. Our newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. For a limited time, join Ironwood, pay zero initiation fees. Give them a call, 252-752-4653. Find out what makes Ironwood the best of Greenville two years in a row. 252-752-4653. Be a part of the best Ironwood Golf and Country Club. If you uh, are just wanting to get into golf, there's no better teacher then uh, PGA Pro and golf instructor John LaMonica out at Ironwood. John will get you up and golfing quicker than you know. Give him a call. Again, 752-4853. So you've been hearing about this, these comments from Jen Psaki started, what, end of last week, continued through early this week about these individuals putting a false narrative up on Facebook. And it started out Jen Psaki saying that, you know, we're going to help Facebook make sure that uh, these people are censored. So your government, the White House, is helping Facebook censor people. And, they're, you know, they're trying to make it sound like this is, you know, bipartisan, nonpartisan, that this is we're just trying to get the truth out there. You know, it reminds me a lot of those people that say, we need to outlaw hate speech. Well, if we could all come to a firm definition of what exactly hate speech is, maybe we could agree on that. The problem is some people would qualify Holy Scripture as hate speech. And, I mean, and we're seeing that up in Canada right now. You know, we're seeing situations where pastors are facing jail time because they're preaching the Bible concerning marriage. What is biblical marriage? And the LGBTQ community doesn't always like the biblical definition, so therefore, who, who decides what hate speech is? Well, this is, this is sort of going back to who decides what we're going to censor from Facebook. Who's the judge, the mediator, you know, who, who's the guy or the gal or the group of people that are going to decide that? Josh Hawley came out today and said a foreign dark money group is behind the research cited by the Biden administration that 12 social media personalities are responsible for the majority of vaccine misinformation online. The group is called the Center for Countering Digital Hate. Speaking of hate speech. So now the Biden administration has said there's 12 groups, 12 people, that are guilty of spreading hashtag COVID-19 misinformation on social media. So who compiled the list for them is this group, the Center for uh, Countering Digital Hate. The interesting thing about this is just last year, this same group, the Center for Countering Digital Hate, came out and tried to have the Federalist deplatform, conservative publication, The Federalist, I mean, that's Molly Hemingway's uh, um, organization. Uh, they also wanted to censor and get off the platform Breitbart News. So these are the same people that are now going around telling Facebook, we're not partisan. 
we don't have a dog in the fight. We just want to make sure that, quote, the truth gets out there. Whose truth? I'm again, we, we live in, in this fantasy world that these same people that are saying follow the science and follow the data, they're the same people that are out there that are saying, oh, yeah, biological men, if they want to be women, that's, that's good. Yeah, there's no, no issue there. Vice versa, oh, there's no issue. They can't argue that. That's, that's, that's hard science. Speaking of which, the Daily Wire is reporting a professor at Arizona State University has penned an academic paper arguing that parents should have their veto powers revoked when it comes to consenting to their children's gender transitions. Isn't this wonderful? Philosophy professor, philosophy professor, Murrah Priest, wrote an academic paper in the Journal of Medical Ethics. Why the heck would you have a philosophy professor getting any ink time in the Journal of Medical Ethics? She wrote in response to a paper from Melbourne Law School researcher Lauren Notini, according to Campus Reform, Notini argues that ongoing puberty suppression is consistent with the proper goals of medicine to promote well-being and therefore could ethically be offered to non-binary adults in principle. Uh, I mean, that, that sentence doesn't even make sense. Notini argues that ongoing puberty suppression, why adults don't need puberty suppression. <laughs> Kids get puberty for suppression. Uh, Priest agrees that many of the premises of Notini's writings through the Arizona State Professor, though the Arizona State Professor takes the argument one step further. So these two geniuses are on the same side. One just wants to take it further than the other. Heteronormativity has long fueled LGBT medical mistreatment. To avoid going back down that path, medicine must leave room for diverse and atypical health prioritizations, Priest said. That is a fancy way of using some uh, $16 words to uh, say that we need just to push any kind of medical norms out of the cart, just knock over that cart, and uh, let's start from scratch and do whatever the heck we want to do, including not allowing parents to have veto power. So if you're a six-year-old, Mommy, I think I'm a girl, or I think I'm a boy. Um, no, mom, no, I'm sorry. You can't have veto power on that. Dad, no, you can't have veto power. If, if little Johnny wants to have, uh, some surgery and wants to have some puberty suppression stuff going on in his body, uh, that's, that's okay with this idiot. Um, now what's really interesting is this paper called Prioritizing Physical Over Psychological Health Ethically Dubious. Prioritizing Physical Over Psychological Health Ethically Dubious. In other words, for example, when children are giving these suppression drugs, one of the side effects, serious side effect, and I think it's, uh, is it uh, 60% of the kids that um, are given these puberty suppression drugs? I'm sorry, 90% risk of osteoporosis, 
which is your bones get real, real brittle, so brittle. I mean, you hear uh, uh, this happens a lot in elderly people. The bones get so brittle that literally if you cough or sneeze, you might break a bone. Well, these suppressing drugs will cause that. Yet this this genius, Murrah Priest, says, no, we can't prioritize physical over psychological, even though there's a 90% risk of osteoporosis. Um, campus reform student editor Ben Zyloft provided Priest with a hypothetical situation regarding the extent of which a patient's preference should be allowed to prevail over medical advice. He asked, quote, should a doctor meet a patient's request to quiet voices inside his head by drilling a hole in his cranium, a ho- drill a hole in his head, if, if the voices say that's what you need to do? Priest said that any doctor who affirms a request would be acting negligently and unethically as putting psychological health on the same level as physical health does not mean that we should just blindly accept anything a patient would say. I I think you could find a number of well-qualified doctors and scientists, as well as counselors of all different backgrounds, who would say that about a transgender individual. Now, this person goes on and says, but, but the professor told Campus Reform she believes it is appropriate for a person who strongly wants to cut off their arm or leg to do so. I'm not kidding. And I guess she has to say that because why would a healthy biological male want to remove his genitalia? She's got to defend that. So she says, oh, well, yeah, if you want to cut off your arm, that's fine. That's normal. Yeah, what's the big deal? I'm telling you, the inmates are in charge of the asylum. And this is a Arizona State professor, philosophy professor. If your kids have decided to go to uh, Arizona State, don't let them major in philosophy. <laughs> and, and this is who we're getting our advice from. Wow. President Biden said yesterday, I talked about uh, this just a little bit yesterday. Biden said that um, Congress needs to pass his sweeping economic agenda in order to tamp down rising inflation amid concerns that another burst of government spending will act as an accelerant to already rapidly rising consumer prices. Did you hear that? Did you get that? (laughs) Biden says Congress needs to pass his economic agenda in order to tamp down rising inflation. In other words, Biden is saying, pass my spending packages that will spend trillions and trillions of dollars, giveaway programs, we're let, I mean, it is, you, you can't get, you know, you, you, you can't examine the news too much because it's so depressing. But look what's going on down at the border. Thousands of people coming across every day. Everyone that comes across is costing thousands and thousands of dollars. And yet Biden just keeps them coming, keeps handing out the money. Whether you need it or not, you got kids, we're going to get you some money. And I mean, we're talking about trillions and trillions of dollars that is just putting us further and further in the hole. And Biden, and so what, how did they get it? They print money. 
What happens when you print money? You get inflation. And what Biden say? Well, you need to pass my legislation so we can tamp down inflation. This is throwing gasoline on the fire. What's even crazier, today, Chuckles the Clown Schumer comes out and says, hey, we need to make sure we pass this new spending bill, which the GOP expects all 50 senators to vote against this so they don't think it's going to go anywhere. But this new infrastructure spending bill, Chucky Schumer, Chucky the Clown Schumer, wants them to pass it. The bill hasn't even been written yet. I mean, this goes back to Nancy Pelosi. Pass the bill so you can find out what's in it. I, the, the bill has not even been written yet, and Chuckles the Clown Schumer thinks it's going to pass, is demanding it passes. Wow. I mentioned uh, part of this quote from yesterday. This is what Biden said yesterday. Look, we brought the, this economy back from the brink. <laughs> There's going to be ups and downs, he said. Reality is you can't flip the global economic light back on and not expect this to happen. As demand returns, there's going to be global supply chain challenges. And of course, a lot of people, yeah, by the way, the stock market was way back up today, some 600 points down 700 points yesterday. But um, (laughs) A, the economy was going just fine until Anthony Fauci came in. The economy was roaring until Anthony Fauci came in. And Joe, it's going to hit the fan. And uh, passing your economic plans, passing Chuckles the Clown Schumer's economic plans, not going to help. Just saying. We got to take another time out. Stay with us. By the way, have your viewing habits changed to uh, the news you watch, what you read? Interesting story in the Federalist. I'll have that when we get back. is here. Incredibly rampant and reckless spending. The president slapped another $2 trillion on the country's credit card. They want to spend yet another $4 trillion. Price increases. In grocery stores. This is happening right now. Manufacturing. And what happens next. Everybody's experiencing inflation. Will happen here. Bottom line here. Unprecedented in recent memory. This story and more. Pay very close attention. The future. What's it going to look like? For what's next, travel with us on Talk 96.3 and 103.7 with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back in. What did Ronald Reagan say on taxes? A government's view of the economy could be summed up in just a few short phrases. If it moves, tax it. If it keeps moving, regulate it. If it stops moving, subsidize it. Um, Interesting, there is a Democrat that wants to basically, uh, right after... The um, Bezos ride ride came in. A Democrat came out and said, we need to tax space travel. <laughs> I mean, it's not even 24 hours since he landed, and we get the Democrats already wanting to uh, make sure they tax space travel. By the way, um, follow the money. The RNC has um, released its... Uh, t- Money they took in in the month of June as well as the April-June second quarter records 
in both those categories. The RNC said it hauled in $16.3 million in fundraising in June, $40.5 million during the April to June second quarter. Uh, those are both records for a post-presidential year. Follow the money. Again, I say it again, say it almost every day. If we can have fair and honest elections, I think the Democrats are in for a shellacking. The Federalist is reporting that corporate media outlets are in the tank. They are down the toilet. So have your viewing habits changed? You know, it's interesting. I didn't think about this. I was, for the longest, um, Brett Viewer. I'd, 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 of course, it comes on at 6 o'clock, so I'd record it and I'd ads. And I've got to admit, after the last year's a lot upset and so just frustrated with it. And that would be one of the more conservative-leaning broadcasts. And I got sick of that. I mean, I get my news basically through different publications on the Internet. Uh, I'm not alone, apparently. Corporate media outlets that revolved their coverage around the quest to take down Donald Trump saw a significant decrease in traffic after he left office. According to recently released data, The Atlantic, ABC News, Time also all saw more than 50% of their audience decrease. This is since the summer of 2020. Forbes saw the largest drop with more than 60% declining viewership while Vox and Politico experienced more than 40% audience reduction. I mean, these are huge numbers. The New York Times, the New York Times, the New York Times, CNN, NBC, CNBC, The Guardian, The Hill, Los Angeles Times, and Axios, some of the other publications that capitalized on anti-Trump rhetoric and fake news reporting saw traffic fall more than 20 and sometimes even 30% compared to traffic in 2020. The same trends occurred in cable news. Not only different media outlets such as CNN and MSNBC see large declines in audience viewership during the second quarter of the year, but Fox News, a notably right-leaning network, top ratings for the quarter for the month of June. In today's, uh, in total today, Fox News averaged 1.17 million in total viewers, down 35 percent. So, up. their T posted. 763,000, 7%, 89%. In the Twox, down 42%, 103,000 for CNN, falling 59.8%. Highly, highly significant. I mean, people will go in and they will not watch certain things on Fox and they'll watch other certain things on Fox, Tucker Carlson, but they won't watch. Some. Um, I mean, this is where these people make money. And you know, but. The New York Times, where they're and you know, the huge New York Times building, I think they only occupy about a th- keep their head above water. Stupid. The media elite would like to think we are. We're not buying it. We're buying what you're well, who is in a shuffle with the Fox News's report, prominent Democrat representative Eric and limousine services as well as $1,000 at the election. I mean, did he get married a few years back that he was doing? There was even a wife in the mix. The tens of thousands include limo service, luxury. the California style with his FEC records show spending over $10,000, uh, his camps in luxury hotels. And this is the kind of thing that, you know, when, when you get these fundraising letters for my campaign, you know, this guy's campaign, that guy, I'm not saying, I, I would like to think that 
some of our local politicians are, but the, 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 and again, you know, Swalwell, he probably has all kinds of liberal packs packing his uh, campaign war chest, but just to glibly, literally, let's take a cab. I mean, you're, you're not that big of a deal, buddy. Unbelievable. Hey, we've got to take another time out. When we come back, Tom Brady is in the news today. The uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers to visit uh, Cousin Eddie up at the White House. And Tom Brady had some comments that a lot of people are scratching their heads. They're saying, I thought he was a Trump guy. I'm not sure. I think he still is a Trump guy. I'll tell you why when we get back. Back to the show. It really makes you think. He is a genius. He's all-powerful. He brought a kind of heat. He could be the best. Just don't hurt yourself, okay? More news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were back visiting the White House. Tom Brady's been there several different times. And, uh, of course, they were the Super Bowl uh, champs, and he was the MVP 43 years old. It's impressive. Uh, now, he said he'd like to be back again. But he had some other comments uh, while the team was standing behind them. Tom Brady came to the podium. And, uh, of course, Cousin Eddie, Joe Biden, was standing right next to him. Here's what he said. But we found our rhythm. We got on a roll. Not a lot of people, uh, you know, think that we could have won. And, um, in fact, I think about 40% of the people still don't think we won. I understand that. You understand that, Mr. President? I understand that. Yeah. And personally, you know, it's nice for me to be back here. We had a game in Chicago where I forgot what down it was. I lost track of one down in 21 years of playing. And they started calling me Sleepy Tom. (laughs) Why would they do that to me? Now, a lot of people have come out and said, I thought Tom Brady was a, a Trump guy. I thought he was conservative Trump guy. I think he is. I mean, I think two things. One, he's going to the White House. He's not going to be an obnoxious jerk. He's kidding with the president. But, I, you know, I don't think he was tweaking Trump. I mean, just my observation, I think he was tweaking Biden. <laughs> yeah, there are 40% out there and more that probably don't think that you're the legitimate president, that you didn't win Joe. And, uh, yeah, your nickname is sleepy Joe. (laughs) I mean, look, I I don't, if it, put yourself in Joe Biden's place, would you want Tom Brady to come up and remind the world that your nickname is sleepy Joe? I don't think so. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they call you. Sleepy Joe. By the way, yesterday I talked, uh, at some length about the fact that Pitt County schools, plans to spend $527,000 to hire two equity directors. And my friend Jeff Moore over at firstandfreedomdaily.com wrote an excellent article uh, on the situation at Pitt County. If you go, uh, that's on our Facebook pages, and I believe, uh, Clark, uh, go to yeah, go to encnewsandviews.com. You, you can link to it or just go directly to firstandfreedom.com. A, a great piece. And again, I know that the majority of our audience is not in Pitt County. My hunch is uh, this, because this is out of the American Rescue Plan. This is money that the American Rescue Plan wants the school systems to spend. My hunch is it's probably in your county as well. 
Now, what's interesting about this, back on April the 19th, 2021, the Department of Education proposed a regulation to promote culturally responsive teaching, critical race theory. That's code speak for critical race theory. Um, Just last Friday, the um, secretary for um, education backed down off of that and said they won't spend it. Now, I don't know if that's going to affect how, like, this $527,000 Here's the thing, though. They're not going to come out and say it's for critical race theory. They're going to say, oh, it's for equity. I mean, the same wording that came back in April from the Department of Education is pretty similar wording to the uh, Pitt County description of these two new hires. So anyway, go to firstandfreedom.com. You can read about it. Hey, we got to run. We'll do it again tomorrow and uh, look forward to it. See you at five. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.